0: Most things start with the question, what will I wear today? Blue socks or brown? Should I expand the team or make do with our existing talent? What's for lunch? Decision making affects us all, but some of us are better at it than others. Personally, I place my fate in the hands of the Magic 8-Ball or my local fortune teller. So you want to look into your future? Be careful what you wish for. Or sometimes I flip a coin. But to be honest, lately I've been questioning the results of my decision-making wheel. I mean, there's got to be a better way. I'm Jeff Livingston with ADP Canada, And today, we're talking about decision-making. Oh, Magic 8-Ball, are we in store for another enlightening episode of the Insights at Work podcast? All signs point to yes. Let's dive in. This is the podcast that looks at what's happening in the HR world, takes your questions, and studies the research to help HR experts move forward. It's prepared by HR experts for HR experts. And today, we're stretching the HR envelope, well, a bit more than usual. This podcast typically looks to equip HR leaders with the information they can use to have a maximum impact at the executive table, beyond those traditional HR areas. Whether we're talking about recruiting, or remote learning, or performance management, HR professionals are involved in so many functions of the organization. And it's because of this wide array of responsibility that this podcast focuses on such a wide variety of topics. Simply put, we want to bring new ideas to the boardroom. And today, we're talking about ways we can help our organization and our people make better and faster decisions. Today we're joined by Andrew Horton, author of the book, Decisive, How to Make Breakthrough Decisions. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew.
1: Thanks a lot, Jeff. It's an absolute pleasure to be here today. I do follow your podcasts, so I know exactly how high the bar is and being on here today. Uh, I'll say personally, it's an absolute honor to have the chance to talk to HR professionals uh, we all know, in our business, that people are at the center of every organization, and it reminds us how critical the role is HR plays. So it's a great honor to be here today and have a chance to talk with, uh, with the audience here.
0: Well, it's great to have you here, Andrew, especially because most of us make hundreds of decisions every day. When we're getting ready in the morning to when we're heading off to bed. For example, this morning, I had to choose between brown or yellow socks. That
1: sounds like a great start to the day. Let me ask you, where would you end up?
0: Well, actually, I chose a pair of green striped socks. Now, that's 25 minutes I won't get back, but I stand firmly by my decision. Andrew, my point is whether I'm choosing sock colors or saying no to my daughter's request to eat ice cream for breakfast, most of us probably think we're pretty good decision makers. And these green striped socks are living proof of it. Is there a need for us to read a book on something that's already second nature to us?
1: like decision-making great question jeff Uh, there absolutely is but i really don't see what's so bad with ice cream for breakfast but that's a whole other conversation um but to your to your point i think there absolutely is a reason to dive into this topic more directly uh we all do make decisions all the time my focus in the book decisive is on breakthrough decisions decisions that are not just breakthrough but also sustainable and so i'm talking about the type that are hard ones those things like losing weight launching a new line of business, or better yet, committing to a new HR initiative and successfully launching it, even when we face continual resistance. I bet a lot of people here can identify with that kind of challenge. So sorry, Jeff, we're not going to have a lot of time to dive too deep into your socks today, but we can find a time for that later.
0: So it sounds to me like your model, Andrew, consists just not of making the decision, but having a follow through plan on the action one will undertake after the decision has been made.
1: Most people, I find, think of decisions as a mental choice. In my mind, that's a big problem and it runs deep, that thinking. I define decisions as a mental choice plus necessary action. Thinking isn't a decision, it's dreaming. Shooting from the hip isn't a decision. Direction is absolutely critical. You either have a plan or you're planning to go nowhere, as the saying goes. Something only becomes a decision when it's thought out and includes sustained action. Andrew, where's
0: decision making the most important in an organization? Where can today's learnings be best applied by the HR professional?
1: The decision making is the first core element of successful leadership, according to research published in 2019 in the Harvard Business Review. Most of us would agree that we can always improve our leadership. Same with decisions. Stop to think about that. Decision making is the most important element of leadership. It sets the stage and the pace for the entire organization. So as an HR leader, if you want to build better leaders in your organization, build better decision makers first. What a great way to deliver a measurable internal talent pipeline, right? Also, nothing happens from any employee without a decision. Decisions are how your employees turn ideas into action every single day. It's a skill at least as important as any other in business. If you don't think employee decisions are what drive your business, then why haven't you automated all your processes to be super efficient, but brainless? I hope that drives the point home. Now imagine all of your employees making better and faster decisions every day, getting better results.
0: Andrew, there's so many variables to consider when making a decision that it would be nearly impossible for a robot to weigh all of those nuances. So I'm not too afraid that they're going to be taken over anytime soon, regardless of what Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos has to say. But for me... It sounds like maybe I'm reacting to a situation, and that's probably not the best way to make the most informed decision. I've read books that have given me the important information to inform my decisions, but never a book on improving the actual decision-making process itself. So before we get into how I make decisions, wise or unwise as they may be, tell me about
1: your new book. Oh, thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, You're absolutely right. We are talking about a fresh new perspective here. I'll definitely put this book into the category of an emerging new ideas. Those, for those people that like to be early adopters and get ahead of their competition. Decisive is a business book for business leaders on how to make breakthrough decisions. Even though it's based on published academic enhancements in decision science, it's written in plain English, but it's certainly a thinking book, not just based on trendy ideas. You'll definitely need to set aside time and brew more than one coffee. But Jeff, that's also more time for you to enjoy your comfy socks. I know your listeners on this podcast are a busy group of HR leaders. So to make life a little easier, at the end of this podcast, we'll offer Decisive for free Amazon Canada for 24 hours. And at the end of this podcast, I'll provide some more details on how to take advantage of that. Oh,
0: that sounds great, Andrew. I'm sure we can all add decisive to our must-read list for 2020. So how did the area of decision-making interest you? You have a marketing background in human resources and technology. Why not focus on that?
1: Well, that's the soul-searching question. I'm glad you asked it because I love what I'm doing, and it's making a difference in those I work with. Uh, I've been a marketing executive for about two decades now, and that's been at top global technology brands. As you know, I spent a number of years directing the HR industry, some my toughest and some my best learning, as you guys know. <laughs> and as a marketer, I developed a specialty in buyer behavior and decision-making that goes with that. And one of the most innovative areas of buyer behavior analysis in marketing today is based on the field of behavioral economics. Behavioral economics is in the media, producing best-selling books, and even producing Nobel Prize winners. Uh, I have the honor personally of being being behind as a founder of a unique stream of behavioral economics known as causal economics. And the book Decisive brings all this insight, whether it's the academic theory and the real practice together in a simple way to help leaders and everyone, even if you're not a leader, make better decisions. So the idea and the goal has been to boil it down and take those foundations and create a practical manual making better decisions every day in business.
0: Andrew, like so many of our listeners, I volunteer in my spare time on a not-for-profit board of directors, and while it might seem small, two decision-making tools I like to use have been a weighted matrix and a set of guided questions based upon our mission and values. Now, I've seen those tools applied in not-for-profits and in the business world alike, but how effective are those tools and what other tools do you think we should be looking at?
1: Oh, great point, Jeff. You mentioned two specific tools, and I see great value in the tools you mentioned. My book presents several very similar tools to support decision-making process, but I think as an HR professional, providing guidance to an organization overall, it's really important to step back and support the full team with a framework to make the quickest and best decisions. Just like your not-for-profit board, has a list of values and questions to help guide your decisions. My book introduces the easier remember STAR acronym, S-T-A-R as a leading concept. Let me give you a little more context uh, to STAR because to be honest, that's really what most people put into action after reading Decisive. The S in STAR is for sight, which is basically where you capture your sight line. It's what you're after, your vision, the things that drive your decision in your heart. The T is for targets which are the quantifiable outcomes you'll measure success by. A is for action and we've already hit on how important action is. We've actually defined a decision as not even occurring until it involves the action and so make sure you make action plans when you're pulling this together. The R guides us to have a reaction plan too and that determines what we do in the face of challenges that arise. So much you know traditional thinking focuses on the action plan and the reaction in the R stage puts us in that reality of facing challenges and what are you going to do about it? So reactions essentially capture how actions are modified in the face of resistance. And this is the meat, when you think about it, of decision-making. It's relatively easy to set a vision, get excited about something, to find some targets, and take some actions. But whether something is truly a sustainable decision that's going to last for you personally and in your organization is more determined by how things happen and are adjusted when we're tested. So STAR is a clear and consistent definition, the acronym, of a decision that allows everyone in the organization to speak the same language. Everything the company company does then becomes centered on effective decisions, where you need to go, what you need to do, how you're going to get there, and what you're going to do in the face of the challenges that are inevitably going to come up. I find that in practice, most leaders don't use a consistent and accurate definition of what decisions actually are one that can can rally their teams around and drive everybody forward. We've already discussed that a proper definition, first of all, requires thought and action. And a major implication is that decisions span extended periods of time. Usually they require lots of upfront effort in anticipation of future benefits. And that means we have to have our thinking that way and understanding the amount of investment we have to make in the early stages of decisions. Sustainable decisions mean that everyone involved benefits or lose. This simple reality is called causal coupling in the formal language of causal economics, but that's just for the the formal background. Again, what it really means is that decisions usually require lots of upfront effort in anticipation of future benefit, and that to be sustainable, they have to be win-win. It sounds simple, it sounds common sense when you think of that, but that's what we have to look at and say Are organizations systematically doing that.
0: So, Andrew, I suppose I could have started off with this question. What have most organizations been doing wrong? Which areas should the HR professional be looking into first? What's the lowest hanging fruit for improvement that the HR professional can go after to improve the decision-making process in the organization? You know, how are they going to make a big difference in the culture and the processes to how things get done now?
1: Ah, there are a number of areas where organizations typically go wrong. When it comes to decisions in my experience and these are also luckily typically the areas where hr professionals can have a real impact first i find that most leaders and organizations want to be faster that's pretty common in in business uh speed is life and death right but not many leaders explicitly think of decision making as a core driver of speed and it is decisions really are just focused action when it comes down to it and action is speed another big issue is the traditional silo structure. Leaders of siloed functions make decisions from that limited perspective. Naturally, that's where their accountability sits. But without a crossover role leading on issue-driven initiatives, you end up with too many cooks in the kitchen, each with inconsistent ideas that should be implemented. Additionally, many organizations reinforce the incorrect view that leadership aligns fully to formal seniority. Whether they know it or not, companies that get leadership right realize that in a particular project a senior vb can report to a junior staff member in another department how many companies do you know that really live this true inspirational leadership driven by business issues not the departmental hierarchies another thing that many organizations miss is recognition of decision making as a core skill in their culture they don't realize it's the core driver of speed and leadership organizations that do excel in decision making train better decision makers measure decision-making performance, and recognize committed decision-makers. The final major area where I see many organizations go off track is a lack of understanding of causal coupling. Remember, causal coupling, though it sounds technical, it is a central concept of causal economics, and it's just a principle that sustainable decisions require upfront effort by everybody in pursuit of expected future benefits that are win-win for everybody involved. And the result of not understanding this can be a lack of transparency undermining credibility and resulting in a void in trust here's an example of what i mean too many leaders talk a great game about the benefits expected to come from following the directives and then they leave all the effort and sacrifice to everyone else on the team they don't make an effort to demonstrate what they are personally going to do like everyone else they may think they're leading but the audience hears corporate BS and separate rules for top executives versus everyone else. Unfortunately, this is very common. Leaders have to talk the talk, yes, and then walk the talk. And that is really an example of causing coupling action when they do that right.
0: Whoa, hold on there, potty mouth i agree speed is important it's great to have that first mover advantage and show the team that action's taking place there's nothing worse than taking too long to make a decision that you're probably going to make anyway because you've been exploring every minute aspect of the situation all you've done is reassure your team that you're making the right decision but you've lost out on the early big winnings of that situation Andrew, it makes sense to consider your framework, but I want to hear some real life examples of its benefits in action.
1: Great question. Uh, As I've hit on, I think breakthrough decision-making is at the center of two of the most important competitive factors for organizations, leadership and speed. And you have to decide whether they're critical in your organization. So leadership and speed and breakthrough decision-making is at, at the center of those things. They're both things that HR strongly impact through areas like employer brand, talent pipeline, performance management, and training and development. Really across the board, all the areas that HR has a big impact. To put into practice the insights of this book, Decisive, an HR team can start with employer brand. Just as mentioned for leadership, by appreciating the true nature of decisions, you can ensure that your brand story conveys the benefits of working with you over the long term and does so realistically by not hiding realities. No company is perfect Be real and honest about your company, strengths and weaknesses, and how you manage your relatives' weaknesses. This honest and transparent communication builds credibility and trust. It's the bedrock of a top employer brand, as you know. I'm not saying you have to endlessly remind people of your weaknesses. I'm just saying that you can't pretend you don't have any and you need to be honest and not just sell upside and hype. With a superior competitive employer brand in place, talent pipeline building follows the same path. Make sure to work with your marketing team and to help get your story right. HR also plays a vital role in building the organization's decision-making capability. This often comes down to two main levers. The first is measuring the decision competency of the organization, key departments, and even key star individuals or up-and-coming star individuals in the organization. A formal decision competency assessment measured by a DCI or a decision company index can actually be conducted to see where things currently stand. Changes in the DCI index can then be measured over time to measure potential improvements and identify persistent gaps. Decision competency training can also be deployed to either explicitly address DCI issues or just to enhance decision-making competency in general. But as you can see, HR can be at the center in a central role. Andrew,
0: some really good applications there. Now, before we wrap up today with a list of your favorite things, we love to offer the most relevant and practical advice on the podcast. Andrew, what are your top tips about decision-making?
1: I see personally five things that are critically important to keep top of mind. First is to remember that we're all rational and irrational. That's that's being human. We're emotional and we're logical. And to some degree, when you analyze the behavior of potential new hires, for example, keep both factors in mind. We often approach our business issues as so logical and and factual, um, keep keep those emotional elements in mind. Your successful hires are going to be in strong command of the emotional and logical elements of their own personality. So take advantage of that and link into that. Second, keep in mind causal coupling, the main principle behind causal economics, which is underpinning really what a lot of decisive is about. Now, the term sounds technical, as I said, but remember, it simply captures the fact that sustainable decisions in your organization require upfront cost, anticipation of future win-win benefits. And just thinking with decisions in this context gives you an insight that most in business don't really have. Remember, most people think of decisions as one-off mental choices. I think a third piece of advice I give to people is simply use the STAR uh, framework. If you take one thing away from the book Decisive, I hope it's the tool STAR. It's a very simple tool, site targets, actions, and reactions that you can use in your day-to-day work. I personally write out the STAR elements for each of my most significant decisions at hand. And as HR leaders, you guys all know about the power of simple acronyms like SMART goals. So in the same way you use SMART goals, I personally recommend using STAR, which will give you a focused way to have things be decision-driven and add that to your toolkit along with um, SMART, for example. I think fourth, always, and this really comes down to change management, Know the cost of doing nothing when you're trying to drive change and decisions, nothing. So the status quo relative to the benefit of doing something for yourself and for anyone else making decisions because no change will ever happen until this threshold of pain is hit. Anything less means the status quo is too comfortable. And finally, I personally keep a life one pager, I call it. And it's decision log handy. My life one pager snapshots star for various decisions in major areas of my life. My family, my career, my business, my legacy, philanthropy, fun, etc. And having it on one page means I can keep it on my desk and glance at it throughout the day. My focus and action levels, personally have never been as high as when I started doing this. If you want a template for this, just let me know and I can send you one personally.
0: Andrew, great tips. It's always nice to be able to capture things on a single page for easy reference. Now, how about we capture a list of your
1: favorite things. Sounds good. Hope the questions aren't too hard. No, the questions are easy.
0: All right, let's start with the first one. Andrew, what's your favorite tool to help you get work done?
1: Well, this one's going to sound a bit predictable, I bet. But without a doubt, that one would be my, my Life One Pager, my favorite tool I use all the time.
0: Well, let's hope that your One Pager tool soon becomes a favorite resource for our HR listeners. It sounds like it can help making that better decision process so much easier. So let's get to your second question, Andrew. What's your favorite music album of all time? Well,
1: I don't want to date myself, but I grew up with uh, the music of the 80s. So I don't have one ultimate favorite album. Um, I probably should. I'd be much cooler. But it would definitely fall into the hard rock or heavy metal space. Think maybe Ozzy Osbourne.
0: Oh yeah, the hair bands of the 1980s. Andrew, I don't think I could see you biting the heads off bats, but... I certainly could see you with long, teased hair, ripped jeans, and that black leather jacket. You won't see any of that on
1: my LinkedIn profile.
0: (laughs) Me, I was a fan of Depeche Mode and the Smiths, so my fashion sense consisted of button-down collars and tree-torn tennis shoes. Andrew, did you hang out at the smoking section in high school? Those kids kind of scared me.
1: (laughs) I wasn't a smoker, but I actually did find time to hang out with those guys too.
0: Okay, this plays into the next question. Andrew. Who was your favorite hero or villain growing up?
1: This might be a little embarrassing. I I should have a favorite hero, but I can't think of one. And I probably shouldn't admit it, but I always actually thought the villains were cooler than the the heroes. And my four-year-old son seems to have the same view today. So I'm wondering whether I should be concerned.
0: (laughs) Well, Andrew, if your son follows in his father's footsteps and starts listening to Ozzy Osbourne and wearing those leather jackets, Maybe I'd be a little concerned.
1: I'll keep it top of mind. Thank you.
0: All right, last question. Andrew, what is your favorite piece of advice to give to people just starting out in their career?
1: I bet you're going to guess that I'll say to become just become amazing at decisions, right? <laughs> Although I do think that's great advice, I'll instead say that I think it's important first and foremost when you're starting out to see yourself personally as a brand. Basically, you incorporated. And that means to see your own value and develop your capabilities for the long term. Companies have overall brands, and we all know about employer brands, how important they are. I think though, for people starting on their career, it's important to think of yourself explicitly and your own employee brand. Hey, that sounds pretty cool, actually. Maybe we've coined a new term here, uh, employee brand, but, and if so, remember you first heard in this podcast. But I think, with that being said, I do think Effective decision-making is definitely something I think you want to practice and get great at early in your career. See yourself as a brand and advance yourself, just like companies do with their own brand. So as I say, that maybe that employee brand perspective, take that forward and make it the maximum value you can.
0: Andrew, I couldn't agree with you more. We all have an employee brand. And I'd like to think you're helping build our podcast brand today as a thought leader. So thanks for that. And thanks for coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thanks a lot, Jeff. It's I'm really um, glad you brought me on here today. I hope your audience benefits from a fresh new perspective that helps them in their own business. Um, personally, I would love to answer any follow-up questions anybody has. You can always reach me at my name, Andrew Horton, at serian.com. Uh, that I'll have to spell out for you. It's A-S-C-E-R-I-A-N.com. So you can email me anytime. Um, and uh, I think what I, I, at the beginning of the podcast, I said, I'd like to thank your listeners by making the book Decisive available through Amazon Canada. We'll do it for the next 24 hours, um, so just search on there as Decisive Andrew Horton. Make sure you go on the Canadian site um, to to get there quicker. Um, but if you just search Decisive Andrew Horton, it'll come up. And if anybody wants, and so again, I'll, we'll have that up there free for the next 24 hours to so thank you guys for your time on the podcast today. If anyone wants uh, more information on the book myself, or causal economics. You can also go to uh, our website, which is decisivebreakthrough.com, and I'd love to help in any way I can. Um, I'd like to thank you again, Jeff. Really appreciate having me on, sir, and have an awesome day.
0: So with that, it looks like we've run out of racetrack. And this is the part of the podcast where I thank everyone for listening in. I know it's tough to find time to carve out for thought leadership, and I appreciate you, the listener, for making the time for us. Anything we can do to help ourselves get better at something is time well spent. On our next episode, we'll be talking with more HR experts about today's most important HR issues. I'm Jeff Livingston. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and be kind. We'll see you soon on our next episode of ADP's Insights at Work.